Hi everyone, welcome to episode two of Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. I'm really excited to get into this. I loved last week's book, but to be honest, I love this week's book even more. And I have read this book so many times. I don't even think I could count it on like two hands. I've had it for a couple of years and that's why I wanted to share it with you guys because I love it so much. Today's book, we're going to be talking about Wall of Winnipeg and Me. This is by Mariana Zapata. She is one of my favorite authors. So out of all of her books, this is one of my favorite. At the end of the podcast, I'll share with you all of my other favorites of hers, which I love all of them, but I do have a top like three. For this book, there is some light swearing. It is, okay, I want to preface this for sure. This is a slow burn. So you're like, oh, what's the difference between a slow burn and everything else? Good question. So a slow burn is basically like it really gets into the characters. You really find out individual characteristics. You really start to love them. The story is building and building. And it's not just one of those books kind of like, I mean, last week was kind of a slow burn, kind of not. Um, but those other books that you read that within like a couple chapters, they're already together. They're already dating. They're already loving each other, everything like that. The slow burns are the opposite. That's exactly how Mariana's books are, is that it is a very slow burn and there's always hints of a romance and you start to feel giddy about it. And then at the very end is when everything kind of comes together. And that's how this book went as well but it's so worth it. Even though like, yes, some books you're like, I just want them to get together. I'm snapping if you can't tell. I just want them to get together. But how these books are formed, it just, it's so satisfying at the end where you're like, yes, they are together. Justice, you know, I love it. I love it so much. Okay, so light swearing, slow burn. On the spicy scale, it's not that spicy. Because it is a slow burn, there's only one, I don't know what word I want to use still for sex. Saucy? Saucy scene? They, ugh, I don't want to say that. Um, they make sauce together. No, that's really, really awful. Um, yeah, if you have suggestions on, I know it's an adult thing that you can just say sex, but I remember I'm sheltered and it's still a bad word to me. Um, we'll find it out. They're gonna make toast. I mean, that could be it, right? Like, they're they're gonna make some toast tonight. We could say that, <laughs> right? Anything food-related. Maybe. We'll, we'll keep it on the back burner. They're gonna make toast. Okay, so there's one scene of them making toast. That's it. It's at the end. The spiciness doesn't happen throughout the book. There's a lot of like tender moments and a couple times they get kind of like spicy with each other. You'll understand as we get through it as well. So I'm the mother, sister, me standard. That's how I go off of on these podcasts. So for my mom, yes, I think she would really like this book, but no, I don't think she would read it because I don't think it's a fast enough romance for her. And it does have some swearing, which she's okay with swearing, but she would rather not read swimming. And it's not really in the time era that she prefers as well. So yes, she could read it, but I don't think she would. My sister though, yes, she would read it. And I highly recommend that she does read it because I think she really likes it. Slow Burns are not her preferred book 
either, like along with my mom, but she'll read them. If I rave enough about a book, she will read it, which I'm very grateful for. She did read one of Mariana's other books, which I love as well, and she was okay with it. So we're good on the sister-mother standard. For me, we know that we that I love this book, so we won't talk about that anymore. If you want to know more about The Wall of Winnipeg and me, just keep on listening. Okay, first page in, literally the first line says, I was going to murder his ass. Like, if that doesn't give you the whole picture of what this is about, I don't know what it is. We are introduced to Vanessa and Aiden. Vanessa is the assistant of Aiden. Aiden is in the National Football League. So that's what we know, NFL. But in this book, in this world, it's NFO. So it's like National Football Organization. So he he plays on this imaginary team, except, I mean, to us, it's imaginary, of course, like made up, but of course it's real in this book. So he plays on the 300s team. He is defensive player of the year, three years in a row. Like he is just honky dude, you know? I associate him with Alexander Draymond. He is on The Last Kingdom. He is very much like Viking. And that's who I, that's how I imagine Aiden to be, is just very bulky. I think she said that he was maybe like 6'4", like over 200 pounds, just pure muscle. Like if you can, if you could see me, like I have my arms out as if I am a bulk man, you know? Like just, oh, he's just a tower. There was this guy on Instagram that I was looking for and I used to follow him, but I stopped because he was just too beautiful. And he was the perfect image, like a beard. He had long flowy hair. He just looked like a built Viking, like, oh, just beautiful. This is what I imagined Aiden to look like. Immediately, yes, I was going to murder his ass. That's the first line. That's how we know Vanessa's sass. So basically we come into the scene and he's telling her to cancel this autograph signing for him. And she's like, uh, what? Like this has been planned forever. Like these people are here for you. They're the biggest fans. They won this competition. Like you want me to cancel this, this event. And he's like, yeah, I need you to cancel. She gives him the middle finger behind the counter. And he's like, I don't care. And then as he walks away, he's like, don't flip me off anymore. And she's like, uh, so basically like he could tell that she was flipping him off. But I guess it sounds like that she had flipped him off previous times, like not to his face, but like behind. And he knew about it anyway. So he just seems like his intuition is just there. She's pretty upset with him, obviously, because she has to do this. She explains in this book that since he ruptured like his Achilles tendon, uh, barely a month into the season last year, he of course had to sit out and he basically, he's turned into something else. Like even before he ruptured his Achilles, he was already very, like he didn't speak unless spoken to like very to himself very kind of selfish he just didn't care about people and he didn't feel like he had to care about people and since the rupture like he has just been he's just been really hard to deal with fans didn't think that he was going to make a comeback and so he was really upset about that because Football is his number one priority, hands down, over anything else. So at this moment in the book, Vanessa had been working for Aiden for two years, and these events kept happening. She was getting really tired of it, and she just couldn't take it anymore. So she she had been planning her exit for a while now, 
And to give a little backstory, yes, she has been an assistant for two years. A job agency had called her, said, hey, are you able to work with a celebrity? She was like, yeah, sure. And when they introduced them, she had no idea who he was. He had, she had to go through so many interviews, everything like that, and she finally got the job. Two years in, she's cooking his meal. She's replying back to social media as him to his fans. She is driving him back and forth to like appointments. She's basically his life assistant, which if he was a cool guy, then I think that would be a pretty cool job. But because he's the type of person that doesn't say anything unless he has to, and it's very matter of fact, and most of the time it's pretty rude, I can, I can understand why she doesn't want to work for him anymore. She's gotten to the point, yes, she wants to move on. She did go to college before into graphic design, and so that's really where her passion is. And in the meantime, while working to, with him, she has like created her clientele. She's really been working hard, and she wants to do that full time. And because of that, and with the salary that she has, she saved up enough money to equal a year of salary so that she can transition over to her graphic business. And one night, um, she is on a phone call with her best friend, Diana. So we learn about Diana, and we learn that they have been best friends since growing up, and they were neighbors growing up, and now in their late 20s, they are still best friends. Diana is a hairstylist. One of the first conversations that we read about were about Van and Diana. Um, Diana says that Rodrigo, which is her brother, saw Susie. Then all of a sudden there's like silence. Like we read like Vanessa is silent. So we're like, mm, okay. And we find out that Vanessa has four siblings and somehow had foster parents as well as her real mom. So we're kind of like getting into the story of like, okay, why does she have foster parents? Where was her mom? Like, who is Susie? Like, why is she so silent about Susie? And it kind of, it's very intriguing because I want to know this backstory of this family. And while they are in this conversation about, about life, about her family, she gets a phone call from Miranda P, which if you've watched The Devil Wears Prada, that's who it is, Miranda. She named Aiden in her phone Miranda, which is really funny to me because that's something I would definitely do if I had a bad boss. I would put them in as Miranda. So she gets a call from him, she ignores him, and then Diana convinces her to put in her notice um, so they can start finding another person. I believe that she's not going to put in two weeks, she's just going to put in her notice until they can find another person. And so she goes to Aiden. She has to get a lot of courage up because quitting a job after two years is really hard and really intimidating. So she gets up this courage, goes to Aiden, and literally all he says is make sure to tell Trevor, which Trevor is Aiden's agent. And he's an a-hole. I'm just going to put that out there. He is a jerk. She goes to Trevor, says, hey, I'll help until you find another person. I'll train them. And he's like, did he say something? Did he do something? Like, he just does not believe her. And she's like, no, like, I just don't want to work here. She says, you know what? Aiden won't even notice she's gone. And, and weirdly, Trevor was like, mm, not likely. As in, like... Aiden is going to notice that she will be gone, which is kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and then he's like, okay, fine, I'll look out for someone. So they now have noticed that she wants to quit. The next day, Aiden has her follow him to the gym, 
um, because she takes all of like his social media photos, everything like that. So she follows him. He does this whole workout. It's kind of described. And I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. And then we learn about Christian Delgado. So he comes up to her and he's like, hey, and she's like, hi. You can instantly tell he's a creep. And we find out later on in the story that she was at a bar and he got really handsy with her and we just don't like him. He is not a good person. And he is another football player. So we'll put that context in there as well. Aiden sees kind of the situation and he comes over and tells her to leave, which she's very taken aback by. But in hindsight, he was saying that because I think he could tell that she was uncomfortable with Christian. But just how he came across, like, you can leave now. It was very blunt, very not nice. So she goes home and that's where we meet Zach. So we're meeting all these characters at the very beginning, which is great. Zach is six foot three. He's the second string quarterback of the 300. So the same team that Aiden plays for and he's roommates with Aiden. He is just, you know, playing his best life. We later learn that he gets like cut from the team and is trying to find himself. He does have his own book as well, like Mariana did his book or his story, which is very interesting and I really liked it. So yes, this is Zach. We meet Zach. He is really great. Him and Vanessa are really great friends and he is like a great supporter of her. So after the gym, a couple weeks goes by and there's an appointment for like a news station to come by the house to interview Aiden. And Aiden's agent, Trevor, gets there. And Vanessa goes upstairs for a minute and then she kind of stands on the stairs listening as like, as Trevor and Aiden are talking. And Aiden's like, where's Vanessa? And Trevor says, since when do I keep track of your dinner roll? I... Like, my blood boiled. I was like, what? Did he just call her? She was waiting. Like, of course she was really upset, but she was waiting for Aiden to, like, defend her in that conversation. But he didn't. Like, there was nothing. And so she was really angry, which, yeah, if I had an employer that didn't defend me, someone called me a dinner roll, I'd be so mad. So that's when she was like, you know what? I don't have to deal with this. She, she gathered up her stuff. She went down and she was like, Trevor, I'm done. I quit. I'm out. And he's like, wait, what? And she's like, this dinner roll is out. And so then he knows that she overheard. And then as she's walking by the living room, which is where Aiden is now, she does like, I deserve better and then flips him off. And I'm like, oh, yes, justice. So she walks out. She is living her best life at this point And she's doing her graphic design work. She's working with a lot of clients. Four weeks later is when it starts to get like, here we go. Here's the next event. So it's around 9 p.m. And she's approaching her building, which is kind of in the ghetto and drug dealers around, you know, what she wanted to afford so that she could like save up her money for this change. Like we, we kind of understand. So she's approaching our building and she sees someone sitting on the steps and she's like, huh, he looks familiar. And he says, Vanessa. She's like, oh, that's Aiden. Like, why is Aiden sitting on my doorstep? I would be wondering the same thing. Like, why is this hunky dude at my house? Okay, let's do this. Uh, and so she's like, okay, come in, I guess. And they kind of, they actually don't start talking. He just doesn't say anything. And she's like, what do you want? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to help you. And he's like, come back, like, come back and work for me. And she's like, 
oh, no, I deserve way better than you. And I'm living my dream. I'm doing what I went to school for. Like, I'm not coming back. And he, like, keeps saying, like, come back to work for me. Do you want more money? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And she's like, no, I don't want any of that. Like, if I... Like, I, yes, I would love more money. Yes, I would love for you to treat me better, but it's not going to happen. I don't want to go back to someone who doesn't automatically do that. You should have said these things, like, a couple years ago. I wanted an apology. I wanted an apology. I wanted you to defend me to Trevor, but none of that happened. So, no, I'm not going back. And I loved that. <laughs> it's like, even if he were to come to you, like, I would not, yeah. Just go her, like, go girl. Yes, love that. So he leaves. And she's living her living her life. And then a couple days later, he's there on her doorstep again. I'm like, okay, why is he back? Is he really back to beg her again to come back? Like, why? Why is he back? And they basically don't say anything. She says, why are you here? Which is the main question we're all thinking. And he says, my visa expires next year. So he's from Canada. That's where Winnipeg comes from. Um, where the, sorry, where the title, like Winnipeg in the title comes from. He's from Canada. He is playing in Texas on a work visa. Um, he was like drafted, everything like that. So he's saying my visa expires next year. And she's like, okay, like, yeah, I saw the papers in your mail a couple weeks ago. Do you, like, you need to file these papers. You need to talk to an immigration lawyer. You need to, like, do another work visa. Like, she's naming all these things, and he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then she gets really nervous, and she's like, or just find an American citizen to marry you. And it, it goes silent. And guess what the next thing he says? He says, marry me. I mean, like, what? Like, he just says, marry me. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You need to find someone that, like, can help you with this, can help you with that, like, help all this stuff. And he's like, uh, yeah, literally you. Like, you can help cook my meals. Like, you can help me with all these different things and still kind of be my assistant, but we can be married. And she's like, no, like, I do not want to do that. That is illegal for one. And I don't want to go back to the situation either because I, I would have already been there. Like, I would have stayed if I actually wanted to be there. And he's like, marry me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, absolutely not. So he leaves, comes back the next day. And he's like, come on, like, marry me. Like, what do I need to do? Do you want money? Do you want all this stuff? And she's like, no, absolutely not. And then he gets silent and he's like, what if I pay off your student loans and buy you a house? okay, what? Like, and we learned that she's $150,000 in debt from school. And it used to be, I think, 200000 but she's like saved and she's like worked her butt off to get that 50000 down. So he basically comes to her and is like, I'll pay all this off and you can have a house. Okay. But think about it. Think about it right now. If someone came to you, you were hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and this beautiful football man even though he's a jerk, he comes to you and says, hey, I'll pay this off. I'll buy you a house. We have to be married for five years. Would you do it, though? I think I would do it. Is that bad? 
I don't know, really think about this. Like, would you actually do it? Some people might, and that's okay, but some people would, and that would be me. I would definitely do it. But if he really was a jerk and if he really, like, it really had to depend on his, like, character and his work ethic and if he was beautiful and a lot of different factors to, like, really, when you really think about it. But, yeah, with this guy, yes, I would do that. So, she's like, okay, fine, like, it is illegal, but I will help you out. He's like, great, okay, and then he leaves. And then seven days later, she's like, I still, I haven't heard from him. I haven't talked to him. He hasn't reached out. Like, I, she just basically convinces herself, like, okay, maybe this wasn't real. Like, maybe this is not happening. And then he shows up and she's like, okay, when is this happening? And he's like, oh, we're moving you this Saturday. And I believe it was like Tuesday. And she's like, oh. Okay. I love that. And so she like gives all her furniture basically to her different neighbors and she only has like a couple things that she moves with her. So they move her that Saturday. And then the next week he's like, Hey, we need to get married before like the season starts. So we're going to Las Vegas next weekend because it's much easier to get a marriage license and they do it all the time. We're just going to get this done. And she's like, (laughs) okay that's whatever she doesn't really have a choice so they fly to they fly to las vegas they get a nice hotel of course with two different rooms and he goes to sleep he takes a nap so she's like hey i'm gonna go out and like look around las vegas i'm gonna like go to a show so she's walking around everything like that and then she gets a call from him and he's like where are you like um i'm over at this part like i didn't want to wake you up i left a note And I'm going to go to a show. And he's like, where are you? Like, do not leave without me. Like, he was genuinely worried about her. And she was like, um, okay, that's fine. So then he, like, meets up with her. And they go to this show. And the people behind them recognize him. And they're like, hey, can we take a picture with you? And he's like, okay, that's fine. And then as Vanessa was taking the picture, you see, I mean, you don't see it. But she, (laughs) like, in this book, in my mind, I'm imagining it. But this lady reaches down and gropes him on the butt. And Vanessa is very laughing and Aiden is like, don't say another word. And it's just kind of a funny little scene. Um, a couple weeks later, like into this marriage, she comes home and Aiden is icing his ankle. He sprained his ankle. So then she's like, okay, let's make an appointment for you. Like, let's go to the therapist. Let's go to the, I guess he goes to acupuncture or something that helps with your muscles. So she sets up an appointment for him and she drives him and, um, she like helps him into the room and she waits, she waits in the waiting room and the receptionist is very flirty with him. Obviously he goes in, he comes back out, comes to the front desk and Vanessa comes up as well Uh, the receptionist is being really flirty and he turns to Vanessa and is like, uh, will you take care of this for me? Muffin? He says, muffin. (laughs) If my husband called me muffin, I'd be like, what are you on? Like, why are you calling me muffin? Out of all of the terms of endearment, why muffin? Uh, so she's taken aback because that's kind of the first like endearment that he has said to her. And the 
the receptionist is taken aback as well because she's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, my wife will take care of it. And so they take care of it. She's still like very taken aback because that's like the first affection he showed. Uh, we learn later that, I mean, when her and Diana are talking, we learn that uh, Vanessa is going to be going to El Paso for her mom's birthday in the next couple weeks. And Diana's like, you're not going alone, are you? And so that that's another like kind of red flag where it's like, what is happening in her past life or what is happening at her mom's house that is so alarming? Like, we got to figure this out. So Diana is like, you're not going alone. And Vanessa was like, oh, yeah, I think I am. But maybe I'll ask Aiden because she hasn't told her mom or, of course, I don't know, like she wouldn't tell her siblings, but she hasn't really told anyone that they have gotten married. So she's like, oh, I guess this would be a great time to tell her mom. Um, and then we learn a little bit more about her mom. And at this point, we know that her mom was a drunk and lost custody of the siblings of Vanessa and her siblings and that's when Vanessa had to go into like foster care so it gets up to that point um and she asks Aiden if he would go with her and he's like yeah like I just have to be back by a certain day and she's like yeah that's fine it'll only be like a day trip and it comes to that morning and it's like five minutes before they need to leave to the airport and he is like nowhere and she's kind of freaking out she's calling him she's like what am I going to do <laughs> like I'm so mad he needed to be here. He's not answering. I've heard no. I've heard nothing from him. Finally, he calls and he's like, Vanessa, I'm not going to make it. My old coach, which we learn about later, his name is Leslie, I believe. Um, he's in town and she's like, she's like mad because she's like, why? Why didn't you tell me? It's very last minute. So basically he doesn't make the flight and she goes. And so... She calls her mom, like, when she lands and is like, hey, like, do you need any help with the party prep? Do you need anything? And her mom says, like, oh, I already got help or, like, there was help. And she's like, oh, who helped you? And her mom says, Susie and Ricky helped her with the party prep. And that's when, like, Mom's like, they've been staying with us. Like, I didn't want to tell you. I was worried you wouldn't come. And she's like, uh, yeah, you had that right. And her mom was like, she's your sister. Like, she's your sister. And she's like, Vanessa, please be nice for me. And I'm going to read like a little quote out of the book because it was just like, it kind of gives you the whole picture. Uh, she said, the urge to be mean gripped my tongue. I wanted to ask her about the hundreds of times she hadn't done something for me. I really did. On my best days, I was convinced I'd forgiven her for the days at a time that she never came home, for making me resort to having to steal money from her purse to buy groceries because she'd forgotten, again, how there wasn't anything to eat at home, and for leaving me alone and forcing me to deal with three angry, mean, older sisters who couldn't have cared less about my little brother and me. I mean, that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. Of course, like, she has a hard time with her mom. She barely calls her. And she doesn't reach out because, yeah, that's very heavy to learn about. Um, so she's like, whatever, like, I don't care. And her older sister, Susie, for some reason, like, has singled her out and she's hated her guts for, like, as long as she can remember. She's just been so mean to Vanessa. And um, she said, like, one day, um, I'm going to read it a little bit more, um, but it said, like, one day when I was probably 14, I decided I was done with her shit. 
Unfortunately, she kicked my ass and I ended up in the emergency room with a broken arm after she pushed me down the stairs. It was the broken arm that had led Child Protective Services to our house because her mom hadn't shown up to the hospital after she'd had people try to contact her. The five of us got split up after that night and it was only at one other point four years later that I lived with my mom or sisters again. That hadn't ended well at all. So that's why, that's why the Child Protective Services was called. Like, she broke her arm, they couldn't get in contact with the mom, and the kids were taken away. Like, that is heavy. So we've, yeah, that background, just knowing that, automatically I'm like, okay, don't like her mom. Don't like her sisters. How dare they? It just, it riles, it riles me up. I'm like, you can't see me, but I'm like waving my hand around. Like, I am so upset about this. And she's like, okay, whatever. And she's like, okay, like, play nice. And she's like, I'll play nice as long as she does. And then the next page is literally like the next chapter. And she's like, I can't believe it. And this was Diana. She had called Diana. And she's like, believe it. And she's so mad. She's like, you know what? I don't like talking about your family, but just when I think they can't get more crappier, like they just do. They just do. And so we learn that Susie had said, oh, I wished I hit you harder. And you're like, what? What are you talking about? And then Susie tried to spit on her. And then Susie's husband, Ricky, grabbed Vanessa's arm as she was like trying to like defend herself she he like grabbed her arm and bruised her arm and nobody said anything can you believe it nobody said anything that's how crappy her freaking family is like oh I would never go back if I was her and I completely understand like we we learn later I think we actually learn here we learn later that Susie had actually hit Vanessa with her car like she was on drugs she was like out of her mind and they had gotten into a really big fight. Susie had stolen a lot of money from their mom, from Vanessa, and so they got into a really big fight. Susie had thrown a vase at Vanessa, and then she ran, grabbed Vanessa's purse, and then ran out to the car. And so Vanessa was trying to like follow her. Susie was pulling out of the driveway, and Vanessa was like in front of the car, like the front part. So like Susie was backing away, and then all of a sudden Susie put the car in drive, and hit her and so she had like fractured I think she like fractured a ligament or something like that and so she had to do like rehabilitation and she had to miss like a semester of school she lived with her foster parents during that time because she was like I am not like I can't go back to school I'm not going to my mom's house like that's just a bad story so yeah we learned we learned that this the worst situation so then Vanessa immediately goes home the next day, Leslie stops by again, because um, I thought he had left, but I guess he hasn't. And Aiden wasn't there yet, so Leslie starts talking about Aiden's life. And we learned that it, when Aiden was a teenager, like, his dad was very abusive to him, like, I guess all during his life, and his mom wasn't any better. And so um, he he goes and lives with his grandparents, and his grandpa is best friends with Leslie, and Leslie was the football coach. So they get him into football and Leslie just kind of takes him under his wing and just makes him the greatest football player in the country, basically. Leslie looks over at one of the tables or like the kitchen table and there's like a puzzle and he says like, oh, 
Aiden used to do puzzles with his grandma all the time. Like, that's why he still does it. They both have, like, passed away. And he doesn't talk about his parents at all. So we, we honestly don't know anything more about his parents after that, except for they abuse, they were abusive, but his grandparents were great and we love them, but they had passed on later that night. Uh, Aiden comes to talk to her and she like moves her arm and he's like, what happened? Very bluntly. She's like, Oh, um, Susie didn't like the way that I was looking at her and we got into a fight. Her husband like overheard us arguing and he grabbed me. Aiden was like, um, did he apologize? And then Van is like, no. And Aiden's like, did he hit you? She's like, no, he didn't hit me. He's still alive. And he's like, did you tell anyone? And she's like, I didn't need to. Everybody heard, everybody saw. He's like, I don't have that kind of relationship with my family. Um, they, they did nothing. And he's like, she's your real sister. And like, yeah, like we've never gotten along with, she's about as far from a sister as you can get. And so he asks, like, how many she has, and she has three, and that she's the youngest, she has a younger brother, and none of them said anything. And all of a sudden, he starts yelling for Zach, which is the roommate, and he's like, Zach, I need your car, like, I need to borrow his car, if I, if I fly there, there'll be proof that I'm there. And she's like, wait, what? Like, what are you planning on doing? And he's like, you kneeing him? Because she, like, attempted to knee him. Aiden was like, you kneeing him isn't doing it for me. And he yells for, like, Zach again. And she's like, you've lost your mind. He's like, no, that asshole lost his mind. Your family lost their mind. He's like, I know what I'm doing. This is the part that was, like, kind of cute. Because he's like, we're partners. We're a team. You said it. Like, if someone's going to do this to you, they basically are doing that to me. Like, if someone messes with you, like, no, no, no. I'm not going to let somebody get away with hurting you. Do you understand? And she's like, yeah, thank you, but we can't do this. That's why, like, we have to wait. And he's like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I have this whole plan. And he's like, oh, I should probably be scared of you. Nothing ever happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, it's just in her mind. Like, who wouldn't have a plan to, like, damage this guy? that like grabbed you like so she was just playing around and then he asks her if she can go to one of his games because his agent Trevor and this other guy that like works for him was like she hasn't gone to any of the games we need to keep this up like um if you guys are gonna be married I mean they don't know that it's fake but they're like um this is for your image like she needs to be there so he's like hey can you come to the game and he's like okay so she makes Zach go with her and she has Zach's jersey on because that's the only jersey that she has. And later on that night, uh, Aiden is like, what are you wearing? And she's like, uh, clothes. And she's like, oh, the, like this jersey. And he's like, you're wearing Zach's jersey. And she's like, uh, yeah, like I don't want anyone to forget that he was a quarterback. And he just kind of gets upset about that when you kind of think like, okay, like is he upset that she's wearing another man's jersey? Like okay, there's something there. Like a week later, Aiden calls her and is like, hey, my car is not starting. It's stormy outside. Can you come and pick me up? And um, she's like, yeah, I can come and pick you up. And he's like, okay, I need to go to the lawyer. Like I need to fill out some paperwork. I need you to go with me too. And she's like, does the lawyer know like about this? And he's like, uh, if he knew, like that's fraud. Like we would like this is illegal. So yes, we have to, we need to act like husband and wife, um, because we have to keep this up for at least five years. 
So she's like, okay, like, whatever. Um, they get to the lawyer's office and they decide to go up the elevator. And because the storm is really big and really loud, like really like lots of lightning, the power goes out. And so they get stuck on the elevator. And this is when we learn that Vanessa is terrified of the dark, just terrified. And she starts to have a panic attack and just like breathing really fast, just, you know, like a, like a panic attack, which I completely understand. Like I'm afraid of the dark, but not to this extent. And so Aiden is like, Hey, you're okay. Like he walks her through the panic attack. They start talking about like why she does have the panic attack. And she tells him that when she was younger, her sisters locked her in a closet for two days without food and water. And finally her mom got home like, and they let her out and her mom only yelled at her sisters and that was it. Like, but it traumatized her. So from that point, she's always had a lot of flashlights. She's always had backup nightlights, everything like that. As she's kind of like calming down from the panic attacks, the thunder and lightning keep going and it's, it's getting kind of long, like in the elevator. And so she's getting like freaked out again. So she like climbs on his lap which is kind of like, okay, like, is this when it gets good? Like, can it get spicy? And it doesn't, really. He just, like, cuddles her and asks her a lot of questions, distracts her. But it's just, like, a nice, genuine moment where you're like, okay, like, this is good. Like, they are, they are liking each other. The power comes back on. They get out of the elevator. They go to this lawyer, and they get all that paperwork figured out. And then, I don't know the timeline of this, but probably like a couple days later, or a week, month, I'm not sure, um, she was doing her work and then all of a sudden there's like another lightning storm and the power goes out and she immediately has all her flashlights out and she's like ready, she's still kind of freaking out and Aiden comes like bounding up the stairs and he's like, hey, are you okay? Like, and he's just very kind and like, we're, they're just talking and so she like she was working on her bed and he's like hey scoot over and so he like gets in bed with her and they're just like talking getting to know each other more and then they like fall asleep and it was really cute and nothing happens um but just the act of like him wanting to be there for her just like warms your heart then we get into like the thanksgiving season and we learn more about her little brother he is going to college in Louisiana, and he has a scholarship for basketball, so he's like one of their big basketball players. And the day after Thanksgiving, Van is planning on going to his game, and so that morning she was up early. Aiden had played in the Thanksgiving Bowl the day before, but he was actually up early, and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, um, I'm going to my brother's like basketball game. It's just like a couple cities over because they were there, like traveled to Texas for their game. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll come with you. And she's like, oh, <laughs> okay. So they go to this like college basketball game. And of course, Aiden is getting like attention. People are like talking about him. After the game, they go down to the court and she like calls out for her brother. Her brother comes over. They talk for like a couple minutes. All of a sudden he's like, 
hey, Vanessa, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she just like knows something. And he's like, yeah, Susie and Ricky like wanted to come and see me. So they're here at the game. Like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that you were going to show up. Vanessa was like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I'll be leaving. Everything's fine. All of a sudden, Susie and Ricky show up and Aiden looks over at uh, Vanessa because he could tell that she was like visibly tense. Aiden was like, is that him? She just is like, um, yes. And he's like enraged, like instantly, just so mad. And so he like walks over to Ricky and gets in his face. He's like way taller than Ricky, just way buffer, just way more better, much better. He's just better. And he like gets mad and he says, touch my wife again and I'll break every bone in your body. Oh, I just loved that so much. It's such a violent thing to say, but I just loved it so much because these people are shitty people. And she, even in the book, she's like, she realized that she might just be like a little bit in love with him. I mean, me too. Like (laughs) for someone to like defend you like that, that is just such like, I just love that so much. And so Christmas Eve comes and she's she's really excited about this present that she got him. And um, she like goes and climbs in bed with him. They like talk some more. They, they don't really snuggle or anything. Uh, the next morning she's like, Merry Christmas. And he's like, Merry Christmas. And she's like, I'm going to go get your present. And she walks in and she had gotten him a puppy which is so cute. But she walks in and this puppy had like pooped and laid in his poop. And so she had to like rush him to take a bath. Aiden is like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I told you to stay in the bedroom. And so she like grabs the puppy with a towel and she like turns around and Aiden is just speechless. In one of his interviews a couple of years ago, she had like watched and he said like, you know, I love dogs and if I had more time to commit to one, I would love to have a dog. Like, I, I knew it was time. I really wanted to do this. And even if you don't have time, like, I'll take care of him. He says, I'm starting to understand that you can always make time for the things that matter. Which is so cute because, like, he's made time for her and it's just, it's just so cute. Like, everything's just wrapping up and it's so great and Aiden asks if she's like coming to the game and she asks like I mean if you really want me to be there like if you don't want me to like that's totally fine and he's like you don't ever have to worry about me not wanting you somewhere after the game like she goes to the family room to meet like the players come out through that room every after every game and she like waits for him and she's really nervous and doesn't know if he'll be like really upset or whatever and so finally he comes out and he walks straight up to her and kisses her (sighs) if that doesn't like shatter your heart like my hands are up like praise hands like unexpected affection he kisses her and it's so great when they get back probably the weekend after honestly I don't know um he's like hey my friends are coming to visit and she's like oh okay that's fine like what do you want me to do? Like, I can be out of the house. And he's like, no, like, you need to sleep in my bedroom because, like, they know that we're married and, like, that's just what we have to do. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And when her friends come in, one of them recognizes her. So he went to the same school as she did, like, college, for one semester, and they had, like, three classes together. They studied together. They, like, had study dates or whatever. And he's like, you look really good. Side note, she has been training for a marathon. And later that night, Aiden was like, hey, you guys didn't date, right? Like, I I shouldn't worry about this. And she's like, no, no, no. 
we didn't date. I He's attractive, but I've never felt that way towards him. Like, don't worry about it. And you can kind of tell, like, Aiden was a little bit jealous, which is kind of cool. And so, yeah, she's training for the marathon. She goes and, like, runs. Um, and Zach is, like, training with her for it. And so he's, like, running with her. And then they, like, get back that night. And she's, like, so tired. And Aiden has her, like, sit on his lap. And he, like, massages her like calves while they're all around this fire and then he like takes her up to bed and then it's the morning and she like admits to him like hey I'm really going to miss you because he's about to go to Colorado for two months to stay with Leslie to train and everything like that so she's like hey I'm really gonna miss you like she admits that which is cool and he he kisses her again and they get pretty hot and heavy like it's a good scene and all of a sudden the house alarm goes off and he's like dang it and he's like, I have to go check this. Like, the dog is barking. The alarm's going off. Like, I have to go and check this. And she's like, ugh, okay. So then she, like, grabs her phone. And she sees that Diana has called, like, 20 times. And she's like, uh, that's really alarming. The next little sentence, she, like, comes down. She sees that Zach is in a cast. And she looks at Aiden. And she's like, hey, I need you to drive me to the hospital. Zach sprained his ankle at a club, so he can't do the marathon with her. And Diana had called because she was in the hospital because she, like, has an abusive boyfriend. And Rodrigo, which is Diana's brother, and Vanessa have known this, and they've, like, tried to get her out, everything like that. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine, everything's fine, until, like, this point where he basically, like, beat her. And so Vanessa stays with Diana for a while, and then Diana goes, um with her parents, which P.S. And I'm going to say this at the end, but there's a book about Diana that Mariana um, writes. It's called Wait For It. It is, it's honestly like up there with this book. I have, I think I have read that book more times than I have read this book because I love it so much. And it is another slur, slow burn. So when she gets back from the hospital, uh, she says bye to Aiden and to the dog. He's gone to Colorado and he didn't ask her to go. She didn't ask him to stay. She has the marathon coming up. So she's like just been training and Zach's not there with her either. And then it's like time for the marathon and she's super nervous. She shows up to the marathon. She's warming up and one of the workers comes up to her and she's like, hey, are you Vanessa? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, you have a phone call. <laughs> what so she gets on the phone and it's Aiden and he's like yeah you turned off your phone so I had Trevor make some calls and got this phone number and he's like giving her a pep talk and just being super sweet and she's like I gotta tell you something like I, I just gotta tell you and he's like no 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 wait till after the race wait till after the race like you're gonna do great so she gets through the marathon and she's like probably about 50 feet away actually I don't even know like the distance but like 10 feet away from the finish line and she kind of sees the crowd moving again, and he's there. He is there for her at the finish line. <sighs> I just, it makes your heart so happy. He's just right there, and he's waiting for her. And so as she crosses the finish line, he, like, grabs her. She, like, wraps his legs around, or wraps her legs around him. He's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of, like, you, like, you did so good. You did so good. And she's like, what? Like, it's just so happy. He's like, that's my girl. That's my girl. 
And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I missed you. And she's like, you were here. Like, you didn't tell me. He's like, I didn't want to distract you, which is completely understandable. And he, like, starts kissing her and just all over her face. And she's like, why are you kissing me? He's like, I'm just so proud of you. And I don't know. In experience, when a significant other, like, says that they're proud of you, that's one of the best moments. I know that I feel that way when my husband says that to me. Like, hey, I'm proud of you. And I'm like... That is literally the best compliment that he could ever give me. And so he like takes her home, puts her in bed, and like takes care of her, like replenishes her fluids, like make sure she has that, make sure she has like a lot of fruits and rice and just all the different foods that you need after you run. And he's like, hey, what were you going to tell me like before your run? And she's like, uh, she's really nervous. And she's like, you know what? I was going to tell you um, that I love you. Like, I, I know you said that you don't want a relationship, and I know that things between us are pretty complicated, but I love you, and I'm sorry I'm not sorry. I didn't want to be. He's like, Vanessa. And she's like, I don't want to be someone's number two or number three priority because of something, because sometimes I like to be greedy, and I can't help how I feel. I've tried to stop. I swear I couldn't. And he's like, Vanessa, stop. He's like, did you listen to anything I told you when you finished your run? Like, I missed you. I missed you so much, you can't even... Like, begin to comprehend how much. And he's like, I didn't want to leave you. I kept trying to talk myself out of going. Why do you think I never brought this up? And she's like, well, you didn't say anything when you left. You took the dog. He's like, you didn't ask me to stay. Uh, I took the dog because I couldn't take you. I assumed you wanted to stay with Diana and do your marathon because, like, you didn't feel the same. Like, I was going to, I was going to ask you to come with me. And she's like, what? You were? And it, just this whole time, you're like, oh my gosh, like, if they just would have communicated, they would have known these things. And he's like, how do you not know that you mean the world to me? Like, haven't I made it clear enough? And she's like, I don't know. Do you love me? And he's like, you tell me. I never stop thinking about you. I worry about you all the time. Every beautiful I every beautiful thing I see reminds me of you. Can't finish my practice in Colorado, like, without wishing you were around. Like, you tell me what what I feel. And then she's like, oh, and they like start kissing and it's super great, gets kind of spicy. He like stops and he's like, um, your door is open and Zach is here. And she's like, oh, he's like later, later, later. Then she like takes another nap and he's like behind her, like cuddling her. And then they get spicy and then they do the deed. They make toast and it's actually very descriptive. <laughs> like it's... But it's not like crass, but it's still pretty descriptive. So if you're not the type of person that wants to know all the details about them making toast, then you probably want to like skip, like you can skip a little bit. And they just like profess their love to each other, which is really great. And he's like, I don't know about anything. I don't know anything about relationships, but I know I love you. And I know I've waited my entire life to love you and I'll do whatever I have to to make this work. And it is so great and that's like the end of the book I mean there's an epilogue which is so cute it's only like a couple pages but basically it's like four years down the road and their team like made it to the Super Bowl and she's like waiting for him in the family room and they have two sons <sighs> if that's not the best ending to a book I don't know what is that is the wall of Winnipeg and me I love it I love this author I recommend everything by this author. If you want to know, if you want to know a list, I'm going to post it on my Instagram as well, which I recommend you follow me because that's where I put where what I'm reading currently. That's what I put what the episodes are going to be. 
I definitely recommend following. It's just find me in a book podcast and there's like a period between each word. So the first one is wait for it. That's the one that I recommend reading right after this. I'll, I'll put the rest of them on my page. Once again, that was Wall of Winnipeg. I hope you like this podcast episode too. And I Let's just have a party this week. Let's just keep on reading.